Luke chapter 10, verse 38 says this. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Tonight I just want to give, give a thought that I might visit a couple different times over the next few weeks, and that is this, just the gifts I give myself. And it sounds a little bit selfish, the gifts I give myself. And yet there are some gifts that if we would give them to ourselves, they, they would help us spiritually. And I think you'll see it's not a, a selfish thought tonight, but the gift I give myself tonight, Martha gave Jesus the gift of service, which is, is there anything wrong with service? No, but Mary gave Jesus the gift of time. And both are important, but one comes first. And we're going to look tonight at the contrast between these two gifts and recognize how they connect and maybe even then how they differ this evening. Let's pray and ask God to meet with us. Lord, we need you and we do want your presence here. We ask that you would bless the reading of your word, help us to understand it, illuminate it with your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would see the application tonight and that we would use it then to be a help and a blessing, Lord, in our spiritual lives. Lord, we love you. We need you in Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I, I was spending some time in preparation for the Christmas program. Actually, that's next Sunday night, as I've already mentioned. And, and the, the idea, the, the title of the program is The Treasure of Christmas. And I we have actually these, these cards, these flyers that I would encourage you to take and invite folks uh, this week with. And I love the concept of the program because it contrasts what we often value in terms of the stuff that we have compared to what truly has eternal value. And, and I think it's very appropriate practice this time of year uh, to evaluate what really matters. Because our, our culture places a lot of emphasis on stuff, treasure, money, gifts, things. And, and it's easy for us as God's people to say, well, that's not my priority, but I'm telling you, we get just as wrapped up in the stuff as everyone else does. We, we get consumed with wanting more and the new clothes and the new cars and the nicer stuff and, and you name it, we're just as susceptible to the trappings of the season as anybody else. And, and so... Um, I, I was thinking about gifts and giving, and then my wife texted me this morning with a message from, actually from Allison Floth, and it said this, what's the best present you can get? Anybody know? Okay, it's a, a broken drum, because nobody can beat it. And I was like, Allison has prepared me spiritually for this day. Thank you 
so much for that gift. Actually, it leads right into it tonight that gifts are a big part of this season. They just are. Buying gifts this time of the, sea, of the year, it seems to be all-consuming for some people. And, and, I, and buying gifts can be fun. I, I, I know it can be fun. I love to give for other people. But it can also be very difficult because you want to buy the perfect gift um, but maybe the person they, that you're buying for won't tell you what they want. And that is a very helpless feeling, isn't it, husbands? Um, or, or, may, or you want to buy the perfect gift, but the person you're buying for already has everything. I mean, you know people like that where it's like anything they need, they've already bought for themselves. So why, why do I need to get involved in this process? So I was thinking, wouldn't it be easier just to change things up this season? And if you want to do this, we can as a church. That'd be fine. So just say, okay, this year, everyone just go buy what you want for yourself. I mean, that way everyone gets what, what we know that they want. Church unity would skyrocket. We wouldn't have any problems with each other. It would just simplify everything, you know. And, and I'm not, now listen, I'm not saying that would be as fun, but it would be simpler. So what would you give yourself if you had the means to do it, what would you, what would you gift yourself? I'd love to hear, what would you gift yourself? Anybody tonight want to offer one of the teens? What would you gift yourself? What would you get, Rebecca? What is it? Food, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. I mean, I'm surprised that that wasn't a teenage guy answer. So, yes. A Camaro, okay. He didn't say it has to run. He didn't say what year. Just a Camaro. If you have like a, old Camaro with no motor or anything he's happy he's happy with that he just said Camaro who else what would you gift yourself the teens yes a grand piano I can see you using that yep Timmy three what three large notebooks okay I'm not even gonna ask okay I was expecting a spiritually pious answer that's not at least three large notebooks why okay tell me why Okay, here's the spiritual piety. Yeah, one for devotions. One for Second Corinthians. Yep, and then the third, what to draw, anime or what? I mean, so we have to balance it. You know, he's so spiritual, Timmy. Yeah. Okay. So, what else? What would you gift yourself? Okay. Yes. A Bible. Okay. All right. We're gonna try to out spiritual each other tonight it's okay to be practical okay what would you give yourself yes uh miss tina what is it a trip to where flandreau all right yeah <laughs> a trip to anywhere oh oklahoma right yeah i would say sometime in january a trip to someplace warm sounds nice doesn't it yes what would you gift yourself a mansion like her uncle has yeah Okay, all right, one more. Eliana, this is scary. Yes. A pocket knife. A po See, I told you. I, I know Eliana. So, yeah, I mean, we would gift our, everyone has a different standard. Like, if you were to buy your gift for yourself, you would probably do something nobody even expects. Okay, so let's then take it a step further. Um, let's make it spiritual, Timmy. And, and so, what would you gift yourself on a spiritual level? Like, if you could do anything to help your spiritual life, what would you do for yourself? Would, would, would it be a better prayer life? I, I would not mind gifting myself a better prayer life. Would it be a better heart for souls? Certainly, I need that. 
Would it be more scripture memorized? Absolutely. All good things, of course. But there's one gift that we actually have some control over that I would like to refer to tonight in this story, and that is this, time spent with Jesus Christ. You see, that's a gift you could give yourself and not feel guilty about it. See, both Mary and Martha, they were gifting time to the Lord, but the way they went about it meant that one pleased the Lord and the other did not. And I think sometimes it's easy to be hard on Martha, but I believe she thought she was doing something for the Lord. Notice, though, first, I'll just give you some principles from this story. It'll be a simple message tonight. Notice, though, that Martha was not reprimanded for her service. She was not reprimanded for her service. Look again at verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him unto her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Notice that Jesus didn't necessarily even reprimand her for what she was doing. And, and I'll explain more. Uh, you know, some of us hate to sit still. Are you like that? You're one of those people that you just don't like to, all the kids are saying yes. I do not like to sit still. I have family, I have friends like that. My brother-in-law, John um, Martyrosian, he hates to do nothing. We get together for uh, holidays or things and we always do a, end up doing a project. Just how he is. Uh, Martha was that kind of a person. Uh, So based on this and based on other things that we, other accounts from scripture, that she was always looking to work to get something accomplished or or get something done. And and I just want to say, it's easy for me to feel sorry for Martha in this story. If you've ever hosted someone important or anybody at all, it makes you nervous. So now just imagine that you're hosting the son of God. And not just the Son of God, you're hosting his disciples. And and there's a lot of work to do. There's this multitasking at its finest. I'm always amazed at my wife when... When we have, we, we're hosting people, we have so many things to do. I, I think of Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving Day, she, she, we've got turkey going, we've got ham, we have stuffing, we have rolls, we have green bean casserole, which by the way is a highly underrated Thanksgiving dish, I'll just say. We had sweet potato casserole, we had macaroni and cheese, we had pumpkin pies, we had a clear cake, which if you haven't had that, it's like a legal sweet drug, so... All of these things, and you know what was amazing? It was all ready by lunch on Thanksgiving Day. And it was, I mean, of course, lunch was at like 6 o'clock at night, but it was all ready. No, no, it was ready at lunch, and I was sitting there. I'm, I mean, I burn Hot Pockets because I get distracted. And she has all of this stuff ready, and, and I just want to say, ladies, you are superheroes. The multitasking that you're able to do, I think it's a miracle. So here's Martha, and she's trying to work a miracle, and it's not working. And I imagine that the, that the goat steaks burned and the bread fell flat, and I'm feeling sorry for her in this story, okay? Uh, my imagination was running wild this week, I think. 
You know, we, we, we should feel sorry for her because this is a tough situation and she had no help. And listen, I want you to understand, it's not like what she was doing was wrong. I mean, is it wrong to host people? Is it wrong to serve people? No, we actually promote that. We encourage our young people to serve and, and to try to be a blessing. And, and, and this is Jesus. I mean, who doesn't want to be a blessing to Jesus? Truth be told, I kind of like Martha. She's a go-getter, she's a, and, and she's a realist. I remember in John 11 when, when Jesus came and, and Lazarus, her brother, had been dead. And he said, roll the stone away. And she's like, Master, he's been dead four days. I mean, are you sure this is a good idea? Uh, she's a realist. And, and we see it again that she knows if supper is going to be ready for 15 or 16 people, someone needs to get off their backside and get in the kitchen. I mean, can you hear that tone? I mean, I hear that tone. And it's, it's a Martha spirit, though, that at times gets things done. There are times that you have to have a Martha kind of spirit. There are times where you have to just say, I'm going to be a bulldog. I'm going to get this done. I, if, if, if there was no Martha in me, I would never finish the sermon. If there's no Martha in you, you might not ever finish a project at work or you might ever, never finish your homework. It's not wrong at times. It's not wrong to be a Martha. We need to be, we, maybe we need more uh, Marthas and crossing off the to-do list. Jesus didn't rebuke Martha for what she was doing. It, doing. No, she had a gift for hospitality. She's taking care of people. She's meeting their needs. We know people like that. I'm thankful for people like that. And Jesus, listen, Jesus is okay with her service. But he's not okay with her spirit. And there's a big difference between the two. And see, the second principle that I, I see as I go through this is this. Solid service can't overcome a shaky spirit. Solid service can't overcome a shaky spirit. Have you ever been to a restaurant with great service? We, when we on couples retreat in Branson, we ate at McFarland's, and uh, I was impressed with how quickly they brought the food. Um, and not only that, but but next to us, they have these tables that they set people out that have never been there, and the couples that were there saw this happen. And the table, you don't realize it, but very slowly, they sit you down, but very slowly that table starts to rise while you're eating. And after an amount of time, you know, you weren't eating like this, but after an amount of time, now you're eating like this. And we were watching this couple next to us, and they were looking very perplexed, like, what is happening? Because their table is up here now, you know, like, it's on the Heath Chambers level, you know? And, they, and it didn't start out that way. And so that was another added bonus. If you ever go to Branson, look for the, those tables. But what stood out to me even more than how quickly they brought the food was the service. And there were these, these two identical twin waitresses that just had a great spirit about them. And they were very friendly they, and, and they, were, they were nice. And, and of all the things, the food was okay, the service was good, but, uh, but it was their spirit that was the best part. And it's interesting because the food could have been great, but a rude waiter will cause us to leave a one-star Yelp review. See, I don't care how much about good service if there's a bad spirit of the one serving. And that's what Jesus rebuked Martha for. 
He did not rebuke her for her service. No, rather he rebuked her for her spirit. He says in verse 41, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Because she comes along and she says, um, basically the indictment in verse 41 or 40 is, Lord, dost thou not care? Basically, Jesus, don't, do you not care? Don't you care? So, in other words, she's almost indicting Jesus for not caring. And then she says, Dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? So basically, I'm going to put this in terms she doesn't say, but she implies. Jesus, you don't care, and my sister's lazy. Wow. That's, that, I mean, that's a pretty heavy indictment if you think about it. And Jesus says, you're worried and upset about the wrong things. He doesn't say you're doing the wrong things. He says what you're worried about and what you're upset about are the wrong things. It wasn't her service that was reprimanded. It was her spirit that was reprimanded. She's definitely type A. And her motto is, if you could summarize her motto, it's this. If a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing perfectly. Are you like that sometimes? If a thing's worth doing, it's, and you have to say it like I said it, it's worth doing perfectly. Like there has to be a sense of anger in the perfectly part. You know, we have to be careful of that spirit, folks. That everything has to be done perfectly. I mean, I imagine that her house was flawless. You could have eaten off the floor. I mean, the meal had to be the greatest recipe out of kosher homes and gardens. Like I said, my imagination, boom, this week. If everything's not perfect, life falls apart. You know, we have some Marthas here. And sometimes we can be Martha in the good way and that we're serving, but we can also be Martha in the bad way and that our spirit in serving is not acceptable to the Lord. So you expect perfection and you expect everyone to do what you expect them to. But listen, there are not enough hours in the day to be perfect. You've got work and you have school and you have the house and you have the kids and you have a marriage and you have your church responsibilities. And if it all doesn't go perfectly, you just know that God doesn't care or other people are lazy. And we get this spirit in our service that needs some attention. And listen, I think many of us could use this lesson. Because Jesus says, I don't want perfection. I want the right spirit. If you get everything done in your alpha personality and world, but your attitude is defeated and angry and impatient, then nothing that you've done will please God. Sometimes done is better than perfect. And if it allows you to have the right spirit, maybe we need to just come to terms with it does not have to be perfect. I'm just going to do the best I can. Right. See, we need to simplify, I think. Yes. I think we need to declutter. Is the, that's the buzzword, declutter. We need to know our limits. Sure. Be willing to admit when it's too much. And listen, that's different for everybody, but here's a good measurement. How's your spirit? See, there are a lot of high-ceiling people in this room. And you're able to handle a lot of things. And you're able to get a lot of things done. And you're able to manage and balance and do a lot of great things. 
But if you want to know if you're doing more than you should, ask yourself this question. Look yourself in the mirror and say, how's my spirit? Because it's possible to stretch ourselves so thin. We're getting it all done and we're even doing a noble job. And people are saying, wow, I can't believe you're getting it all done. I can't believe all the stuff you're able to do. But in our soul is turmoil. And that's a pretty good sign that we are overextended. If our spirit is not right, it doesn't matter how much service we're doing. Because God's not as concerned about the service as he is about the spirit. See, a shaky spirit ruins the party for everyone. You know, Martha's attitude affected Jesus. He had, to, he had to rebuke her. It affected everyone who heard the interaction. You know it had to affect Mary, who's just trying to do the right thing. And this, this would have been embarrassing. It would, I mean, watching, you ever been someplace that's hosting you, and, and, and they're hosting you, and they're not getting along, and it's kind of awkward for everybody? I mean, that's what's happening. The hosts are fighting. And, and, and listen, before we judge Martha and, and, and your spirit, listen, if it's not right, it will ruin the party for everyone. If you can't get along and be kind and be humble, then get right rather than ruin it for everybody else. You know, if you serve with irritation, then your service is spoiled. And it's possible to taint our service with the wrong spirit and negate what we do by how we are being. Solid service can't overcome a shaky spirit. And maybe it's time to simplify. See, Martha's attitude discounted whatever reward she was going to get for her labor in this moment. We're talking about works with no love. And you're better off serving cereal with a good spirit than steak and potatoes with a rotten one. And it's possible, listen, I believe it's possible to do both. I believe it's possible to serve at a high level and do it with the right spirit. But friend, if you're doing one and your spirit isn't right, then I say it's time to declutter and do it right. See, here's the main challenge I want to give you tonight. Let Christ work in you before you work for everybody else. Let Christ work in you before you work for everybody else. See, sometimes we try to serve without allowing Christ to serve us. As I heard Ed Robinson say it once. Sometimes we try to serve without allowing Christ to serve us. Verse 42 it says this, one, good thing, one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus makes it clear that one sister in this story did something that mattered in eternity. And it wasn't the one with the long list of service. It was the one who sat and gave time to Jesus at his feet. So what exactly did he mean? Well, he had just finished telling a story about a good Samaritan. And Jesus and, and the Jewish, Jewish lawyer, a few verses before, are having this, this, inter, this exchange. And Jesus asked, well, what's written in the law? And the lawyer said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And in that story of the Good Samaritan, there was a priest and a Levite who walked by uh, the man on the side of the road. And they could quote that verse. 
Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. They knew the verse. That lawyer knew the verse, but it didn't impact how he lived. They walked right on by the man that was beaten and laying on the path. See, they didn't allow God to work in them, and it impacted how they served others. Because all they had was a head knowledge. Listen, the order is always the same. Love God first, then love others second. But we get them turned around and we serve and we work and we overschedule our lives to the point that we're serving everyone first before God has done a work in us. Listen, you can't serve others with a right spirit until you've had time spent allowing God... To work in you. And if you get these things flipped, then your spirit will be obvious. Your spirit will be the tell. Because you come hollow. You give of yourself until there's nothing left, but you never take time to replenish it. And you've poured everything out, but you've not refilled it. And your spirit will be the evidence. See, here's the thing God wants to work in you. Before he expects you to work for everybody else. And the only reason that we don't spend time with God is because we choose not to. He didn't save you to be a slave. He saved you to be a friend. He doesn't want to rule you like a laborer. He wants to relate to you in love. And if you don't have fellowship, you may have service, but you won't have joy. And tonight my message is just don't spoil solid service with a shaky spirit. You won't be happy, you won't won't be rewarded, and you're going to ruin the party for everybody else. So here's the gift to give yourself this Christmas. Spend time in fellowship with God before you spend time in service for God. See, way too many of God's people are being depleted without replenishing. And time spent with God is not just a good idea, folks. It is essential to your long-term spiritual health and effectiveness. And in the process, you'll be happier. You'll have joy. And you'll be rewarded for doing things the right way. And you won't, like like Martha had said about her through Jesus, that you won't do something that doesn't matter in eternity. No, you'll contribute to a spirit of unity rather than spoiling a party for everybody else with this shaky attitude. Listen, God doesn't only want your service. He wants time with you. He wants fellowship. And in reality, the gift of time spent is not just a gift for you. It's a gift for God. He wants to spend time with you. I heard a story about a young man who was getting married and and moving his his mother to uh, her own apartment. And his mom agreed, but made made him make her a promise. If we're going to do this, then you have to regularly come spend time with me. It was around the time when when people would get together and listen to the radio and and play games before TV, you know, kind of hollowed us out and took all of our attention. And she just enjoyed spending time with her adult son um, in the evenings. And she knew he was getting married. And if he doesn't commit to this, then, you know, she won't see much of him. And sure enough, after a while, the son hardly ever stopped by anymore. So on her birthday, maybe for the illustration, on her birthday, um, he, he bought her a dress. 
she opened the package and, and looked at the dress and said, son, thank you. This is beautiful. I appreciate so much what you've done. And, and he could tell on her face um, there was something not right. He said, mom, you don't like it? And she said, oh, I do. It's, it's the color I like. It's exactly what I wanted. Thank you. And he said, mother, I, mom, I have the receipt. I can take it back. And, 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 and she said, no, no, it's a beautiful dress. And he said, mom, mom you're not fooling me. I know, you so, I know you well enough. What is wrong? And so she went to her closet and she opened the door and said, son, I have enough dresses here to last me the rest of my life. I guess all I want to say is I don't want your dress. I want you. And it's a story like that through which the Holy Spirit can speak to our hearts, every one of us, the same thing. That in our busyness, especially in this season, don't lose sight of the fact that fellowship, time spent with God, Amen. is essential to having a right spirit. Yes. And a right spirit is essential to service that matters. So I'm just asking you, I, I know this is simple, give yourself this gift, time spent every day with God. Right. And maybe you say, it's, I, I haven't really, haven't been very faithful to this and and, you know, this year hasn't been great for my devotions. Well, you have about a month to finish strong. Time spent with God in his word. Time spent with God on your knees. Time spent under preaching and teaching. Don't just say, I'm going to make, I may be as committed as I can this last month of the year. Time spent in church that he loved enough to die for. Spiritual priorities. Time spent around God's people. Listen, as you start to do those things, I, I believe that you're going to find you have a renewed spirit. And you'll have a heightened sense of love for your father. And you'll find that your works and service have meaning. That's what I, that's the saddest part of this story to me. It's not that the service was wrong. It's that in God's eyes, the service meant nothing. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to heaven and, and find out that the service, the things that I did for God didn't matter to God. Because I was so busy serving but I did not allow God to work in me before I worked for others. And it all comes down to a daily choice to spend time at the master's feet. Now, Jesus says that Mary chose the better part because allowing God to minister to our spirit always comes before we attempt to minister to somebody else. And the best gift you can give yourself is to allow God to do a work in you before you do work for him. So you can't do it on your own. You don't have the staying power and neither do I. If you don't replenish what you spend, you will eventually be spent. If you don't replenish what you spend, you will eventually be spent. Of all the gifts, listen, of all the gifts that Eastside Baptist Church members need to give to, the, to ourselves... This Christmas, I would say this, time spent with God before time spent for God. I, I just want to see God maintain this spirit we have. But the busier we get, the more at risk we are of serving with a shaky spirit. And let's not discount what we do for God by, by missing time spent with God. Would you be willing to say tonight, of all the things I'm going to give this, this year, the one gift I want to give myself 
is time spent at my master's feet. Let's stand together. Take some time tonight, have a verse of invitation. We'll have the piano play and Jacob sing. I just want to encourage you tonight. Do you feel, do you feel spent at times? You feel like maybe you're, you're running on fumes. Maybe it's time to get back to replenishing our spirit with God before we go out and serve, 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 serve for God. Because I don't want to get down to the end of it and re- realize that all the serving I did didn't really matter, that it wasn't the better part. Let's ask the Lord maybe to speak to us tonight and help us to take some steps. The gifts we give ourselves, first one this year, maybe let's think about this last month saying, I want to give my, myself the best gift I can give is time spent with my Savior.